I'm Lisa Henderson, and I'm your host for Daring Parenting, and today is number five, the final in the series Black Lives Matter. We've been talking to Alicia Graves, a friend of mine who has been happy to entertain some of my questions, silly though some of them have been, and to enlighten us, educate us, and kind of help us figure out where we go moving forward as white allies or advocates, and I guess we'll talk about that, what our name should be. But one of the things I've realized in these discussions, Alicia, is the inadequacy in the education that we've had about Black history. What about Black History Month? Month? Right. It, that really upsets me. I mean, I appreciate it, but it, it really upsets me. I'm one of those like, okay, what's, there is Black history all year long, as far as if you want to learn about Black history and, and making history, even that, that you want to narrow down the learning of Black history in one month, is a white privilege. The counter to that, as far as ah. your white history, that's automatic. Right. You don't have to fight for that to be taught. You don't have to fight for a month for that to be recognized. You don't have to. Your history is everywhere on statues on you know it's all around right books movies so should we eliminate black history month and weave the black history into the regular history yes think about it it's like you know what black people your history is only important for these 28 days Oh, and it used to make me so mad. When I went to a white church, Black History Month was the only month I liked the music. And I was like, why do we have to save this good music for this one month? And why just bring your kids to our church this one month? Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, it becomes, the Black church becomes a church where people want to, oh, you know what? So they can get the experience for this Black History Month. Let's bring them over here to our church. Oh, oh, that's creepy. That's creepy. I mean, unless it's done for the right reasons, that's just kind of creepy. I mean, why not do that any other time? Exactly. If you really want to be true about creating an experience, do it once a month for 12 months. You know, create something where it's more than just coming in one time for that, for that particular month. Right. Because just think, those kids, white kids who are coming to visit for that, then that's how they view black history. Oh, it's just the one month. Yeah, that's yeah. how they, then that's how you said it when you were talking about teaching white kids, teaching black. So you're telling your kids, having your kids to come over and experience this for one month. So what do you, then you as a white keep grow up with. Well, you know what? It's only important that one month. Does that add value to a people to only celebrate them for one month? That's the only time we kind of recognize mm -hmm. that race. Yeah, that's a great point. So what do you, what do you, what do you teach? See, those are the subtle ways. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a subtle white privilege, which that's actually, if you think about it, it's not yeah. really very subtle. It's not really subtle, but it's subtle. And so and those, that's the type of things, like when we talk about white privilege, it's those type of things as well. And I just, you know, as we wrap up this segment, I want to remind people because these segments will all be different. At the very beginning, you said your grandmother picked cotton. 
your mother went on to become a professional, a nurse, and you've got a degree, a college degree, and have been very successful. So I think what it, it says is, this is not, this is what it says to me. This is not that far removed. Right. You know, when somebody said, well, my grandparents, you know what? My great grandfather, whom I knew, he happened to be very old when he, he died in his 90s. So I knew him. He had what they called a boy. And it was a black man who I think he'd probably been a slave and he stayed with my great grandfather. And so these were the stories I was taught growing up is they loved him so much that when they were freed, they stayed with him. Therefore we have no culpability stayed with him. So when my grandfather traveled, Robert couldn't stay in the same hotel. And that is what I think as whites, we all have to realize this was not that long ago, friends. And I see it in South Africa with, with white South Africans, and I'm generalizing here, but for the most part, it's like apartheid's over. It ended in the nineties. What's the problem here? That's in the past. Well, if you think about it, that is a very recent past. And yeah. what we're talking about is still a very recent past. You know, when somebody has been grieving for six months, you don't say, well, when are you going to get over it? Exactly. And I think this is what white people have got to understand. This is going to take a long time and the healing cannot begin until we as whites and as you said this in an earlier part, take responsibility. Doesn't mean we own it and say, I'm as bad as they were. But just to say, this is real. This is real. Yes, that's a part of my heritage. Yes, I see that. Yeah, I know you right now, not a slave. But that's a part of your history. Oh, I got one more quick question. What do we call ourselves? White people that are for Black Lives Matter. You know, that's interesting. Um, one, you have white allies, and then I just was listening to something where the Reverend said that um, they are white advocates. I don't know. I don't get really caught up on words. I just want you to do the work. Just do the work. And for me, if, if I'm the type of person, if I'm not sure which word you use, hey, I'm an ally advocate. Which one you want to use? That's what I am. <laughs> okay. So saying I'm a white ally is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I, hey, I, hey I, if you don't want to say that, just say, you know what? I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. I okay. recognize it. I'm with you. I'm trying. Help me. That's okay. And that's what you've done today, Alicia. Thank you so much because you have been willing to ask answer questions that a lot of white people are afraid to, or maybe they don't have anybody to go to and say, hey, can you tell me this? Mm -hmm. So I know you much better now, and I love that. Oh, well, great, great, yes. great. And, and know that there are some, I know the um, uh, white people hear that black people are, are tired of trying to tell you about it or try. Mm -hmm. 
obviously I'm an example and I'm sure there are others. I know others who are willing to talk about it. It's just that you too has, you have to approach each person and see where they are on that spectrum. Right. And then ask the questions just like you did. Well, the great thing is we have a little bit of a platform here. So people don't have to, if they only have one black friend, they don't have to wear out that black friend. They don't have to wear out that black friend, but you can definitely, there, there are others. And I believe if that's what you seek, you will find it. When the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Thank you for being our teacher today. Oh, oh thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate being here. And, uh, and thank you for feeling comfortable or even uncomfortable enough to even ask the questions and, uh, and even allow me to give you my thoughts. I thank you. So, people. Oh, I, it helped me a lot. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. If you haven't been able to listen to the other segments in the interviews with Alicia about Black Lives Matter, I invite you to go to our website, which is daringparenting.com. Go to the tab that says podcasts, and you'll see all of the podcasts listed there. I hope you'll join us again for Daring Parenting. I'm Lisa Henderson, and I hope you will be a daring parent.